0: everyone to voice of the valley in the horn chrysler dodge jeep ram studios i'm your host dave bell 428-9494 is the phone number 928-428-9494 happy wednesday everybody i realized just now i push all the buttons (laughs) yes and uh i'm i'm listening to the last commercial and i want to make sure that the last bit of sound is is off before I push the button to start the music for this. And then I realized we're on AM and <laughs> you know I've listened to this station in my car. You can't tell when, yeah. <laughs> when I'm trying to be, you know, finesse it. And yes, yes. There's no point. <laughs> It sounds like we're in a tin can right now to everybody else out there. On here, it sounds beautiful. It does. It sounds very nice. Yeah, we're very clean here, but I get it. So thank you for listening. I appreciate it. That voice you hear. Is Dr. Sarah Sales? She is the executive director for Gila Watershed Partnership. Joins me the first Wednesday of every month. I really appreciate it. December, of course, being holidays and family, yeah. etc. Um, you weren't in, but that that's okay. Yeah. You're, you're allowed to be with oh, family. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> we we do we do give that one exemption. Uh, oh goodness, yes. So thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. How is GWP doing this? winter season mm-hmm. we've, we've had a little bit of rain uh-huh lot, uh, i love seeing the snow on the mountain yes uh we got more rain and snow predicted for mm-hmm. the next mm-hmm. few days mm-hmm. um how are things going out there in your efforts to bring native plants yep. back yep. and and really sustain our ecology
1: well things are going pretty well the rain is is sort of a blessing and a curse right at this point um last year because we had had Furloughs and and you know issues with trying to stay afloat and then get back on our feet um, as an organization. Uh, the kochia weeds out there got away from us a little bit. So my current restoration staff has worked really, really hard on clearing, planting. We got more than 500 plants in the ground this fall with the help of volunteers. It doesn't, it may not sound like a lot when you're like, oh, that's your job. But to put that many plants in is a art and a science, (laughs) I suppose I should say, because it's not, we don't just go and just plop stuff in the ground and leave it. We, we farm it basically. And so finding the right spots and working with the science that we use and all of that has been really interesting. So we love the rain for all the new plants, but we don't love the rain for the weed seed load that is out there. Um, so hoping to get some more clearing done, maybe do a little burning this spring and get in some more plants and actually do some seeding with some native seed. So,
0: when you're planting native plants out there along the Gila River, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is the plan to plant them in sections so that they spread, Mm -hmm. or do you have to manually take out the invasive species to put the the natives a little bit
1: a little bit of both so um if it's i mean we're not taking out anything native we're only trying to take out the stuff that is invasive so the russian thistle which is the tumbleweed the kosher which is an invasive weed um you know, we're not really worried about native weeds because they don't take over the place like the invasives do. And a lot of the stuff we put back out there, people consider to be <laughs> weeds. It's just native growth. So when we get rid of a lot of that invasive stuff, then we can go in and we can do this sort of agricultural um, work with the ground in some places we're not doing anything to the soil we're not changing it in any way we're not adding to it but in other places we're going through and doing almost uh, clearing um creating these basins sort of wh- where there are natural lows in the ground and kind of improve not improving them making them a little bit deeper um, in the hopes that when we stop irrigating, water will naturally move to those areas and the plants will continue to propagate and get bigger.
0: Speaking of invasive and removal, how is the tamarisk beetle doing? Um, that's the one everybody's mm-hmm. keeping an mm-hmm. eye on. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that aren't aware, it's a beetle that eats. Um, oh, it's just uh, the salt cedar. Salt cedar. Uh-huh. Thank you. And uh, wonderful. Mm hmm. The salt cedar is, is a water sponge.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: But negative in that now there's a lot of dead yes. fire fuel out there. <clears throat> yes. When when they're done feeding. Yeah. So is this a, a dormant period for them? Do they hibernate uh, during the winter? Um, or are I'm, I'm we, assuming, because it's Arizona, it flips?
1: No, no, we definitely have a period in which we don't see them out there. So um, I'm assuming that that's a normal dormancy like other insects. I don't really know the biology well enough to know, but I will tell you we learned something really interesting in October, and that is there are two species of beetle That have been released to do this work, you know, to try to get ahead a little bit on the salt cedar. And um, on the Rio Grande, a couple of years ago, they met and started hybridizing, and then they began to see fewer and fewer beetles. And so they're thinking the hypothesis is. That the hybridization is sterilizing them, and so they're they're trying to decide what they're going to do if they're going to continue to use the beetle as a way to try to, you know, get ahead on on the salt cedar problem or not. It's going to happen here as well, and probably a little downstream of us. But the beetle coming from New Mexico is the one that they let go in. Um, Texas, which is one species. And the one coming up from the other end is the one they let go in Utah, which is the second species. And so those are the two that met on the Rio Grande. And so we're going to keep a really close eye on that because they're finally starting to kind of do what we wanted them to do. Early in the year, we weren't really seeing them. And we're like, wow, did they leave already? It just kind of took them a while to get going. We don't really know why yet. Once they got going, they did great work. Now, here's the funny thing. Yes, they kill the tamarisk and they leave some, some like you say, dead wood. But the dead salt cedar burns less hotly than the living salt cedar. So we're less concerned with the fire um, danger from the dry stuff than we are from the living stuff.
0: Is Does that carry with it the same flood risk, though? Because that's always the concern um, with fire is... Once you've, once you've lost those natural, uh, flood barriers, mm-hmm. if we get an excessively heavy rain, we could see flooding over into non-flood areas.
1: Right, right. So I, my understanding, and I don't know, I mean, we did have some flooding last year in some of the areas where we had the salt fire before I was even here, um, but it seems as though, so, so where the fire burned the hottest was where the salt cedar was living and where there wasn't a lot of native stuff. We found that the places we've been putting the native plants back in um, did not burn as much. And in some cases, that native um, uh, flora kept the fire stopped the fire in some places made it kind of went around that in some places and so the native stuff actually did a better job with the fire than the salt cedar did so i mean and and the you know the flood barrier of the salt cedar is kind of a
0: i mean it's 601 i yeah, mean it's, it's it, using all the water yeah. so maybe that's why it's not <laughs> yeah, flooding yeah but you don't want it to use all the water right. and then you run right a flood and, risk but only in a really heavy rain
1: yeah yeah. And and we saw where, like, because those roots are so, like, intertwined, yes, it seems like it's holding the bank together, but we found places where that flood last year had cut into the roots of the salt cedar, and and then they're just, like, sitting up above the bank. They weren't stabilizing the bank in any way in those places. They were actually kind of leading to worse erosion whereas the native plants with the smaller roots the flooding would be more likely to go over those and which is actually a better a better thing to have happen now i know people don't want their houses to flood and that type of thing but it's it's a balance right yeah we want the river to also not be eroded away in that way so uh nature's a funny thing it is it is
0: Yeah. Uh, I was just curious, because uh, we know most species have a hibernation period, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but Arizona being such an odd climate, Arizona, yeah. New Mexico, it's possible. I mean, that, yeah. that's always the joke. We talk with folks uh, all the time that live in northern states, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's like, nobody wants to travel to Arizona in August. Well, yeah, but I don't want to travel to Manitoba <laughs> in January. Know, right. You know, Um it's it's the reality you know so i didn't know if this might be their active period because it's not as hot yeah
1: no apparently they like the hot because we really didn't start seeing them until it was really ragingly hot here
0: i i'm every species is its own yeah you know and you would think they wouldn't if they came from utah
1: well, so the ones because Utah that doesn't we're, get as nearly right, as hot as the us. ones we're seeing are the ones that were released in Texas. Oh, okay. So the ones coming from Utah are going to come upriver. Um, they've kind of come around a different route, gotcha. so they might they might not like the heat. I don't know. I yeah. don't know because they also came down the Rio Grande and met at. I want to say they told us at that meeting it was um, around the Bosque del Apache, which is a, a bird preserve uh, around. Um, uh, between Socorro and Berlin. And so that's slightly more temperate than, say, Las Cruces. So, right. <laughs> yeah. All right.
0: Uh, yeah, just curious. Yeah. Um, so it's, it is what it is. It is.
1: It is. I mean, we'll keep an eye on it. And as we know more, we'll keep people posted. Uh, how,
0: how did... I don't know that we talked very much about it. In October, there was um, the first... Graham County mm-hmm. River Cleanup
1: right? in September. Was in it September? September. I thought it was October? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My
0: apologies. I don't know that we ever really talked too much about it. How did it go?
1: It was great. <laughs> it was great. We um, cleaned up around the Pima, what we call the Pima Bridge, the bridge there on Bryce. I can't think of the name. Bryce bigger. Eden Road. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, on both sides of the river and on both sides of the bridge. And, um, we collected, of course, we weigh everything to the best of our ability. We collected over thirty five hundred pounds of trash. We had eighty or so people show up um, almost close to a hundred, but not quite a hundred. We were expecting a um, hundred, and we would not have been able to accommodate any. We ran out of trash bags. We ran out of safety vests. We had so many people show up. Um and it it really was it was really exciting.
0: Where was the trash? And I asked that because I remember when you announced uh, the cleanup, mm-hmm. I drove out and mm-hmm. took some photos from the bridge mm-hmm. um, and I just didn't see any, but I mean, it was literally me stopping my car, taking mm-hmm. a photo mm-hmm. and hoping another car doesn't hit me as I'm standing there taking a photo. So it was in and out. So
1: a lot of the trash was directly under the bridge. Mm. And then there were a couple of places where if you walked away from the bridge a little ways, people were dumping. So there is a road on the north side that goes west. And then there's a little road on the east side, on the south side that goes east around kind of the top of a farmer's field. And people drive down those roads, and they had some a couple dump sites. So mm-hmm. we really cleaned out those dump sites. We found things like uh, mattresses and um, uh, fencing that had that the flood had had uh, washed up, and um, oh goodness, clothing of course, and some old appliances. I think there was a either a washer, or refrigerator, or something on the side that I was not on, um, but. It just, and then there was just kind of trash everywhere. And what's what's wild is that you're not the only person who said to me, "Hey, I drive over that bridge over the time, and I don't see the trash." Well, there's a lot of native growth there because that is near one of our sites that we've worked really hard on. The plants hide a lot of it. So when you're up on the bridge, you can't necessarily see it. But when you're down on the ground walking around, you can see that those plants have just grabbed onto a ton of trash. And so it was good to get a lot of that stuff out of there.
0: I know we don't want trash in the desert because it doesn't belong there. I mean, it's just that simple. Does it do anything specifically to your efforts trying to get native plants in the ground? I I would assume a refrigerator or a freezer if it leaks. Right, will damage the soil, but you know. I, and the reason I ask yeah. is, I, I coming from Havasu, uh, for example, this time of year, right now, all the natural Christmas trees are, mm-hmm. if as long as all the tinsel and stuff mm-hmm. is pulled mm-hmm. off, it's going right in the the lake. Oh, uh huh. For fish habitat. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and they'll even do some plastic fish habitat. Mm-hmm. Um, but they generally like the natural. Right. Right. So it's a case of yeah, we're putting trash in the lake, but it's good trash.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Does does that, I mean, I hate to say it, does trash help in some instances or is so, it always a negative?
1: It's more, so yes, restoration is sort of our like big, I'll say cash cow for lack of a better word. It's it's where we can get the, the largest amount of money to do work on the Gila. But One of our main functions and missions is water quality in these two counties, and trash is a big... um um, polluter to the Gila River, and so picking those, picking up in those places, especially where people dump or close to the river. And of course, we're always looking for: are there places along here where people are camping? Are there any like? Is there any like human waste that could increase the E. coli amounts? Of course, we're always trying to ask the farmers along the river to keep their cows fenced away from the river because the fencing laws are here are strange and we don't want that e coli in the river either but every little bit that we can do to keep pollution out of the river. We're trying to do that. That makes that mm-hmm. makes sense to me. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. I just wasn't sure if there might be a benefit. But.
1: I mean, I'm sure that, yes, like you're saying, like something like a refrigerator could begin to leak and right. that could leach into the soil. But I, we're not as worried about that. And of course, we don't want trash mm-hmm. binding the plants or anything like that. Plastic bags are kind of a pain and <laughs> you know, things that can blow around can shade something that needs sun or whatever, but for the most part, our focus really is the health of the river.
0: Gotcha. Um, so yeah. And we've, we've got so much that doesn't biodegrade right? that it's just going to sit there forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I assume a rusting can is not good for the river.
1: Probably not. Probably I, not. I, I yeah. Mean, yeah. I, We'd rather not have that kind of thing out there.
0: Yeah. Um, so what else do we have going with, with GWP? What's new for the 2024?
1: Well, one of the things we're really excited about, we got a big grant from uh, United Way and a small grant from the Arizona Community Foundation to do a summer youth program. Um, So my program manager and Adelia Vitolas uh, wrote these grants, was successful with both of them. We need one more to pay for our staff's time um, because it'll be a big six-week project, but we're partnering with BLM, we're partnering with Apache Sick Greaves National Forest, and we're going to give these kids a real like conservation crew experience. Now, this is a program that was started before I got here, but the funding had not been continued and nobody had written really the big grants to get those big funds for these programs. So we're really excited to get that back off the ground. We've been doing it as a um, uh, spring break program the two years I've been here and we're going to get to go back and do a full six week. um, And this will be
0: up in Greenlee?
1: The part will be in Greenlee and part will be here. So the part that they work with the BLM, a good portion of it could be around Eden. Okay, um, that's well, where you said Apache
0: Sycamore. so yes, I, I just yes. assumed Greenlee. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, and we are going to we're working with them to do like camping, and we want it to be something that anyone in Greenlee or Graham County or a youth from the reservation could participate in, and not have a big load of having to travel a long way every day or whatever. So camping or housing if needed. And we're working on all of those things to try to get as diverse a group of young people as possible. We really want to open this to people who might not normally have an opportunity to do this sort of work. What ages are you looking for? 16 to 22. um, So they can be in high school. Our, Our entire group, except for I guess, two this spring break, this past spring break, were high school students. They did a great job. In fact, they were given a task, one week, they had one week, and they were given a task of cleaning out some fish holding ponds that had gotten really silty over the years. And um, Heidi at the BLM was hoping they could get one of them maybe finished and maybe start on another one. They got them both completed and then got to go into the river and do some of what they call the fish work where they get the non-native species out and make room for, you know, our little our little native species are little bitty guys and the, the big invasive species like to eat them. So we try to get the big guys out as much as possible and the kids loved it.
0: What uh, What are you looking at for the summer program?
1: Um, in terms of what, what the they'll kids, do? Um, So some of that same work with the BLM, most of what Heidi will have for them will be fish work, although there could also be fence building and um, trail work if possible. The work with the Apache sitgreaves is going to be very sort of trail focused. So that could be clearing trails of brush or putting rocks up along the trails, doing a little learning how they sort of rebuild the trails in the forest. Um, Also possibly some fencing, um, maybe some planting. They're talking about perhaps doing some landscaping at the three-way office. And so the kids might get to participate in that. But then the other thing that they will do not related to those two projects is they'll each create their own sort of community service project, and they'll have Friday every week during that six weeks to plan and implement a community service project. So each one can do their own, or they can partner up with somebody and do whatever they want to do. They can go um, spend their time on Fridays mowing elderly people's lawns, or they can um, do a can pickup drive, or they can do a River cleanup or whatever it is that they want to do. They'll plan that and implement it themselves.
0: I'm assuming for students that want to go into ecological science, Mm -hmm. this would be huge.
1: Yeah, it definitely could be. And lots of the students that they've had in the past programs have either come back as interns to work for GWP or, like you say, gone on to Arizona State or um, University of Arizona and studied environmental science, or or even here at EAC, and moved into that field. Um, And they all, not everybody, that's not what everybody ends up wanting to do. Right. But it it is a great um, like college application resume builder as well as a life resume builder.
0: Yeah, putting that on a college application, I mm-hmm. think, has to help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, well, very cool. That sounds excellent. So, one more grant needed.
1: Yep, we'd need one more grant. Not a lot of money, just enough to you know let me pay my staff to participate <laughs> in this project yeah. we're putting on.
0: Yeah, adults Ooh. do have to be there, don't they? <laughs> is the phone number. Going to take a quick break when we come back. More with Dr. Sarah Sales with the GWP right after this. Welcome back to Voice of the Valley in the Horn Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios. I'm Dave Bell. Sarah Sales is here with the GWP. We're just chatting during the break. We're we're bemoaning, <laughs> bemoaning the health industry. Not our providers. No. We like our providers. Uh, the health insurance industry. Yeah. and And I don't blame our local insurance agents. No, not at all. That's not their fault.
1: No. Our agents work very hard, like they're trying right now to save us some money, but whew, it's just so expensive.
0: Every time I've dealt with an insurance agent, they've sat there and went, okay, let's see how we can, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let's, let's find something that's cheaper, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that gets you what you need. Yeah, And that's why I say, I can't wait till Medicare. Yeah. I, I have, uh, I, what do I turn 62 this year? I got three years. Yep. <laughs> I can't wait. I really yeah. can't. Um, yeah. And I know there's problems that come with Medicare too. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but
1: just the idea of that pressure being off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, as the person who has to pay the bills at a tiny, tiny nonprofit, um, I what kicked this whole thing off was I was saying, you know, grants don't pay my salary, but grants don't pay for my employees' um, health insurance. It, we, we are finding more and more are beginning to give us a percentage. You can build in 12% for fringe, which includes health insurance, or you can tell us what the percentage is. And of course, for us, it's about 30% when you include workers comp and health insurance and all of the like vehicle um, insurances that we have to carry because we're we have people driving vehicles, so we can include that in there. It's it's a large amount of our budget that goes to pay for, th- for the insurance to safely do our jobs.
0: And and again, I'll state it. Nonprofit doesn't mean that the people who work there shouldn't get paid. Cause, right. Because there are some people that yeah. don't make that. Right. They, they don't see the equal sign there.
1: Right, right.
0: Well it's a nonprofit.
1: Right. You're all volunteer. No. No, no, we're not. And we couldn't we couldn't function on one hundred percent volunteer. It just means our board of directors isn't getting dividends, is what nonprofit means. It means there's not an owner who takes everything left over at the end of the day home with them. We're, share, we're sharing it out. Everybody, you know, like you say, deserves a living wage and deserves to be paid for their expertise, which right now I have a great deal of expertise on my staff. But, um, yeah, it's, it's tough to find the funding out there for the things that, you know, keep people alive, like a salary and medical insurance. Yeah. <laughs> you, you,
0: folks deserve a roof over their mm-hmm. head and mm-hmm. food on the table mm-hmm. yep. when you work.
1: Yes, Yes.
0: Um, yeah. I look. There's there are some groups. The Safford Lions Club. Mm-hmm. You remember? Mm-hmm. I'm a member. Mm-hmm. Pure volunteer. Sure. But they're not restoring the Gila River. Right. Right. You know they're they're doing great work. The Lions mm-hmm. do wonderful mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. But they're not doing that. Sicas is taking care mm-hmm. of our seniors. GCRC, our special needs residents. Mm-hmm. Those are specialized duties. Right. As you say, they require a level of education yes. and expertise yes. that a volunteer organization like the Lions mm-hmm. don't. Right. You know. Right. Does that mean that the Lions doing cowboy Christmas is a bad thing? No. No, of course not. Not at all. It's right. wonderful. Right. And and making hot dogs and hamburgers mm-hmm. at Salsa Fest mm-hmm. and yeah. and doing vision screenings. But right. but they're not diagnosing and they're right. not uh, prescribing glasses. Right, they're just telling you mm-hmm. go to an eye doctor.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and a and a hundred member organization can do multiple events throughout the year to raise money. And even write grants and receive some grants, which the Lions Club does get mm-hmm. some money from United Way and the Community Foundation. We talk about it yep. at the meetings sometimes. Mm-hmm. So let's write a grant for this or that. And then they provide that funding. But but they're doing a lot um, similar to what the United Way is doing is giving these smaller grants to organizations like ours um to help us do our work which is kind of an amazing thing that they participate in and of course tons of scholarships which is great and we're not giving anybody scholarships we're just trying to do our work
0: (laughs) the the other thing that i think folks need to be oh see it's always the sports guys they turn that phone up hi caller you're on the air (laughs) hi caller you're on the air yeah i just you know they talked to if the kids want a project i'm kind of a disabled senior oh, and neat. I some help
1: all right well the program is going to be in june and july oh, um oh. so unfortunately yes it's it's a little ways off yet but um If there are people out there who have ideas and thank you for calling and saying this, um, if you if you want some help or you have ideas for ways that our youth can participate in community service, I would say send uh, an email. Do you have access to email? No, ma'am, I don't. Okay, Um, then I would say call um, our restoration number. I will tell you we're having trouble with the phones. This is a month, many months ongoing problem, but there will be a, there will be a, um, a voicemail. voicemail, Yes. Uh, 928-424-3887 and, um, say, here's a project that the kids could do as community service, um, for the SEALS program. It's called SEALS, which is Southeast Arizona Youth Land Stewardship, um, And just let us know what what the need is. And we'll put it on the list of things that the kids can choose from. Okay, I'll wait till around then. I mean, you can certainly call now. I mean, you don't even have to wait. You can, and I'm saying this to you. Thank you, caller, for, for bringing it up. And also to anybody who might be listening. Go ahead and call now. And we'll begin that list of things that people need help with or people, things that people in the community think are needs. Thank you. I'm trying to explain it. Pen and paper. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, one of my disabilities. I can, I have a difficult writing and walking, and mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. Give me that number one more time, please. You bet. It's 928 mm-hmm. 424. Yeah, 424. Okay.
0: 3887. 3887. Seven.
1: Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for calling. Thank you, caller. Yeah. Uh, all right.
0: Uh, yeah, that's a that's a great idea. Let the let the community say what the community needs.
1: Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm looking now to make sure that I gave the right <laughs> number. phone number. <laughs>
0: yeah, you may be calling uh, uh, the dorms over at no, no, uh, no. Mexico State. Not with a
1: nine, four, four, no, no, four, two, four. So Um, I'm, I'm always a little unsure if our number is four, two, four or four, two, eight, but I did give the correct number. That is our, that is our um, uh, restoration uh, number, which goes to a voicemail. And then somebody will, if you say, call me back, somebody will call you back. And if you just say, Hey, here's an idea for seals for their community service, then we'll get a list started of those things. Be sure if you have an idea, that you tell us who we should contact. Um, <laughs> we also need uh, phone numbers, addresses, that type of thing for any of the ideas that are submitted for that.
0: I'll make sure to put something up on Gila Valley Central as Great. well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that way uh, the public can can jump in and decide, you know, yeah. what would be good Absolutely. for a community service mm-hmm. project. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good. Again, that number 928-424-3887. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dr. Sarah Sales, thank you so much for Thanks being for here. having me. I appreciate it. And I appreciate all of you listening every single day. I'm out of here for right now, but I will be back tomorrow. Until then, you guys have a great day.